You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled, Take Me to Your Leader, Part 2. Enjoy. We love you, Father. You're great. And you're greatly to be praised. Joy and strength are found in your presence. Peace is in your presence. We thank you for your joy and strength, supernatural joy, supernatural strength, supernatural peace that defies everything in this world, reigning in us right now. Holy Spirit, do what you want to do in us. You're great. You're perfect love, and your perfect love has shattered all fear in our lives. So we rest in your presence this morning as they have your way, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, we're continuing with Take Me to Your Leader, part two. <laughs> Hallelujah. What are we talking about? Well, we're talking about alien life on planet Earth. <laughs> Speaking of aliens, do you know what the baby alien said to the, to the flower garden? Take me to your weeder. No, seriously, I don't know if you saw that big story in the news not too long ago, but they discovered that an alien family had, had settled in a small town in the Midwest. Do you guys see that? And it turned out they were, a man, they were man-eating aliens. It was a big deal, you know, big problem. And, uh, but actually the problem got discovered and was solved when the circus came to town because these man-eating aliens, they didn't want to eat the clowns. And do you know why they didn't want to eat the clowns? Because they taste funny. So, alien life on planet Earth. Now, we're talking about two things. Take me to your leader. We're talking about who you are and why you're here. So you may not realize it, but who, who really are you? Well, the scriptures teach us that if you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, if you said with your mouth, Jesus, be Lord of my life, and you believed in your heart that he was risen from the dead for you, that you have been born of God, that you're born of his spirit, that you're no longer of this world. You're an extra terrestrial. You're out of this world, man. In fact, the word alien, we learned last week, comes from a Latin word, which means belonging to another. And when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, your very spirit was made new. And from that moment on, you no longer belong to this world, but we belong to another. We belong to him. We're his very own sons and daughters. In fact, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20 tell us that our bodies have become the temple of the Holy Spirit. That's something, that's something to spend some time thinking about. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. God's very Spirit has made His home in our bodies. Hallelujah. It says that we've been bought with a price, that we belong to him now. It's good to know who you belong to. 
It's good to know where you come from. We belong to him, and our home is heaven. This earth is not our home. 1 Peter chapter 2. Let's take a look at that one. Let's put that one on the screen. Verse 9. This is talking about you. But you are a chosen race. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. If you're wondering who you really are, well, this is it. You are a chosen race. A royal priesthood. I'm looking at the royal family. A holy nation. Did you know you're holy? Do you know God made you holy through his son Jesus? We think of God as holy, and he is. But do you know through the blood of his son Jesus Christ, he's made you holy? You are righteous. In fact, he gave you his very holiness through his son Jesus, his very righteousness. It's good to know who you are. When you know who you are, the devil can't condemn you anymore. He can't can't get you to believe his accusations anymore. You've got to know who you are. You're a holy nation. You're a holy people. You're a people for God's own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Look at verse 10. For you once were not aliens. You used to be of this world. You used to belong this, to this world. But now you are aliens. You are the people of God. You're no longer of this world. You now belong to another. You belong to him. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as aliens. I urge you as people belonging to another. I urge you as those who are no longer from this world, but are born of him, not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. So that's who you are. And why are you here? This is what we're going to talk about today. I want you to put your seatbelts on, because the Holy Spirit is taking us forward where no man has ever gone before. (laughs) James Kirk. No, the Holy Spirit. So why are you here? Well, we're on a mission, aren't we? Right? We're on a Holy Spirit mission. And it's a really simple mission, way simple. Religion has made it so confusing and so difficult. There's only two parts to our mission. The first part is that you might know and experience Christ more every day. To know and experience Christ more every day. Philippians chapter 3, Paul hits the bullseye, and he describes to us the primary purpose for being on earth at this time. And he says this in verse 10. This is the Amplified Translation on the screen for you, so you can, you can see it. This is, this is the primary purpose for our existence 
for our reason for living, our determined purpose is that we may know him. What does that mean? That we may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him. Perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly. That is our primary reason for being here. Can I tell you a secret? If this is not the focus of your life, you're wasting your time on earth. If this is not why you get up in the morning, you're wasting your time. You're wasting your energy. You're wasting your resources. If this is not what moves you in every area of your life. And, and the second part of our mission is to help others know and experience Him. So it's to know and experience Him. That's why we're here. And the second part is to help others know and experience Him. To take people to our leader. Right? To bring people into a living relationship with the one who made them. We learned last week that every human being inherently knows without ever reading a Bible, without you ever telling them anything, we all know that there's got to be more to life than what we can see. There's got to be more to life than what our senses can detect, than what we currently know. And there is. There's a whole lot more than what we can see with our eyes. But the way into this greater life that we all know is there is not through technology. It's not through science. It's through an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. You put Ecclesiastes 3.11 up there. So... In, in verse 11 of Ecclesiastes 3 in the Amplified, it says it this way. God has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also planted eternity. Let's say that word together. Eternity. He's planted eternity in, in our hearts and minds. We learned last week that that word eternity is the Hebrew word olam. What does that mean? The capacity to live above time. God has deposited in you the capacity to live above time. Let me say it this way. The capacity to live above the limitations of man. To live above the limitations of this world. The capacity to do things that man says is not possible. The capacity to live above the limitations of this world was deposited in you when God knit you together in your mother's womb. 
And then it goes on to say, this divinely implanted sense of a purpose is in you. A purpose that's been working through the ages long before we were here and will continue to working long after we depart. Which nothing under the sun but God alone can satisfy. So we're talking about the thirst of all thirsts. We're talking about this hunger inside of every human heart to experience God. Doesn't matter where we come from, what religion we grew up with, there is a thirst inside of us to taste the one who made us. And you can't quench it with a spaceship or with a computer. The only way to quench the thirst of all thirst is to enter into relationship with him. John chapter 7, verse 37, Jesus said it this way. If any man thirst, let him get some Gatorade. No, let him come unto me. He's not talking about a natural thirst, is he? Right? He's talking about the supernatural thirst of your heart for this greater life. Let him come to me and drink. Drink this morning. He that believes on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. This intimacy with Christ produces life water. What's that water you like to drink? Is it called life water? Yeah, they sell that, right? This is the real life water, right? This is a supernatural life water. This intimacy with Christ produces, produces this life water, and it flows through you. It flows in you, through you. John 10.10, 10, Jesus, my favorite alien, said this, I came that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. That's what every human being is seeking. Some have given up on it. Man's religion maybe has told them they shouldn't be seeking it, but it's the reason Christ came. In fact, you, are you ready for this one? In the message, says it this way. Jesus is talking. I came so they can have real, love that word, and eternal, the capacity to live above time life. Right? You remember the definition? More and better life than they ever dreamed of. You You see why he's my favorite alien, right? Hallelujah. So intimacy with Christ leads us into this more and better life than we've ever dreamed of. Intimacy changes priority, doesn't it? When you have an intimate relationship with someone, your priorities change. And intimacy with Christ produces a change in our priorities. Love changes the way we spend our time, doesn't it? It changes the way we spend our resources, the way we spend our energy. It changes our calendar. Doesn't love change our calendar? It does, and and gladly so. 
right? I love to, to, to change my calendar for love's sake because love is greater than anything you could put on your calendar. Now, when you get to know this Jesus that spoke in John 10.10, now I'm not talking about man's religious Jesus. I'm talking about the more and better life Jesus, the Jesus of Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Genesis, Isaiah, 1 John, Revelation, Nehemiah. I'm talking about the real Jesus. When you get to know this capacity to live above time, this nothing is impossible, this I came to make you whole Jesus, you can't help but love him. There's nothing bad about him. Nothing. He doesn't have a bad side. He doesn't have a bad day. In fact, the scriptures teach us in James chapter 1, verse 17, that every good and perfect gift comes from him. So if there's something good in your life, it's from him. Do you know that's what enabled Jesus to do what he did? He had an intimate relationship with the one who made him. He knew how good his father is. And it changed his whole life. His priorities changed as a boy at the age of 12. Let's look at this in Luke chapter 2. Let's listen to the heart of one who belongs to another. See, you speak differently when your heart belongs to the one who made you. Here's Jesus at the age of 12, and his, his earthly parents, who were given stewardship of him, couldn't find him. For three days, they couldn't find him, and they finally went to church, and they found him in church. And he said to them, they were, you know, I, I can imagine his mom was ready to get out, you know, the... the the whooping stick, and spank him. Where you been, boy? But he said to them, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I have made a decision with my heart to spend my time, energy, and resources on the priorities of my father? that I must be about my father's business. Age 12. Never too early to be about his business. God's for everybody, right? He's for all ages. Now, literally in the Hebrew, it says, did you not know that I must be in the things of my father? As a boy, I've made a decision, mom and dad, that I'm going to spend my time, energy, resources bringing about the things that God wants to bring about in the earth. That's powerful. So God's priorities took precedent over the boy Jesus' own parents. You want to read something really life-changing? Let's stay in Luke. Let's go to chapter 14. This is an alien love, isn't it? This is an out-of-the-world commitment. You ready for this? Oh, boy. This is the same Jesus talking. He's an adult now, but he still has that same commitment. He's still in the things of his Father. And in verse 20, uh, yeah, let's do 26. 
He says, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life cannot be my disciple. Eden, is that right? Did you put the right scripture up there? Did you put those words in there? Hate? Now, you, you've got to understand what he's saying, right? It, it's like what he said in Matthew 10, 37. He said, if anyone loves father and mother, wife, children, their own lives more than me, he's not worthy of me. Obviously, God doesn't, doesn't teach us to hate anybody. But compared to knowing him, compared to doing what he's called in our lives. Paul said it in Philippians 3.8. He said, compared to my relationship with Christ, everything else is cow poop. Mm, that's right. That's right. Speaking of cow poop, anybody go to the cow chip festival in Dighton? <laughs> we missed it. It was a week earlier than we thought we missed it. Yeah. Wait a minute. This is like, this is out of this world commitment, isn't it? So we're not raising our children to do what we say. We realize they're not, they don't belong to us. That we're stewards over their lives. We're raising them to do what he says. To hear his voice in their lives. And to follow him. To be what he's called them to be. And the more intimate with Christ you become, the more you realize how much of an alien you are. Right? How different we are from this world. So we're not living life to, you know, grow up, get a good job, have a nice family, have some grandchildren, great-grandchildren, retire. That's not what we're on earth for. We want to know him more. We're about his business. We're about his business at 5. We're about his business at 15, at 35, at 55. At 75, at 105, at 125. We're about his business. That's what we're about. And if anyone tries to keep us, to distract us from his business, they take a back seat. Even if it's mom or dad. Even if it's wife or children. We're all about him, right? He is the priority of our lives. Are you ready? So what is God's business? Let's get in his business. Are you in his business? What's he all about? What's he dream about? You know, God has dreams. They're good dreams. They involve you. We can sum up God's business with two words. Eternal life. But we've got to dereligify that, those two words. Eternal life. We need to know what that really is because man's religion has redefined it and they're wrong. Jesus has already defined it for us in John chapter 17, verse 3. This is God's business. Jesus said, 
This is eternal life, that they may know you. Now that word K-N-O-W, it's a Jewish idiom, which speaks of the intimacy in which a husband knows his wife. This is eternal life, that they may become intimate and one with you, that they may daily experience more of your wonders that they may daily experience more of you. That's eternal life. Now that you know the definition, let's read John 3.16. Because if you don't know the definition of eternal life, you're going to miss the business of God. John 3.16. For God so loved 30 people, I mean, I'm sorry, I forgot to love 50. Oh, wait, the world. How many people are in the world? Anyone counted recently? Yeah, last time I counted, I think it was like six and a half billion, seven billion, I don't know. For God so loved every single human being on planet Earth in every age, every century. That's a lot of people. God loved them so much that he gave everything he could give. His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but enter into an intimate relationship with Him. Isn't that what it says? Right? John 17, 3. That whoever believes in Him might experience the wonders of Him, would progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with Him. So we, we, we just read God's business. And so how, how many people does God want to bring into relationship with him? Well, about 7 billion, right? That's a lot of people. So because this is his business now, it's our business. Right? Because we're all about him. And what's important to him is really important to us because he's really important to us, right? Now, before I met Jennifer, I didn't really watch baseball that much. I didn't know a lot about baseball. I mean, I watched the 79 World Series with my dad on TV when the Pittsburgh Pirates won. Papa Stargell, poof, knocked one out of the park. But I didn't really watch it that much, but she knew a lot about baseball. So you know what? I wanted to watch baseball back in the day when we first met because she liked it. I didn't really care about the game. I just wanted to be with her, right? And she taught me a lot about baseball. But it was something she enjoyed. And when the one you love desires something, you want to be a part of that. God desires for everyone on your road, on your street, in your neighborhood, in your town, in your city, in your county, in your state, in your nation, in your world to know him. So now this is top priority with us. Because it's top priority with him. He gave everything he could give. So this business that God's in, the scope couldn't get any bigger. It involves the entire world. So we've got to begin to think big. Well, let's talk about the scope. Let's talk about where we live. Eden, can you bring that map up? So here we are in Mayberry, Right? little corner of the world called Massachusetts and Rhode Island, 
And we're right there kind of in the center by Taunton, right where 140 and 24 meet. Let me read you a little bit about this world we're living in, our little corner. You know, in the state of Rhode Island, there are well over one million people. You realize that, right? A little state that you, you, can, you can drive all the way across it before your toast pops, right? <laughs> over one million people in the ocean state. Well, according to the 2010 census, southeastern Massachusetts, this part up here, the region's population continues to grow at almost twice the rate of the state average. And all indications are that that will continue. We're in Bristol County, right? So if you're in Rhode Island, you come east, the first county you're going to hit is Bristol County. That's where we are. The population of Bristol County is over 548,000 people. We're going to need some more seats, aren't we? 548,000 people. Norfolk County, you know where that is, right? Norfolk County, just above us, right? Over 600. And 70,000 people. Plymouth County, just east of us, over 494,000 people. If you go to Barnstable County, the Cape, you've got over 250, almost 216,000 people. You add those all up, just those Bristol, Norfolk, Plymouth, Barnstable, you've got almost 2 million people. Well over 1.9 million then you add Suffolk County up there, north of us. You've got over 700,000 people. Brings you up over 2.5 million people, 2.6 million people. Then you add Middlesex County. We have someone coming from Middlesex County in Framingham. Guess how many you got up there? One point, over 1.5 million people. So add these all up. Just, just in Mass, you've got well over 4.1 million people. Add Rhode Island you've got well over 5.1 million people in a very small land area. Why is that important? Because when you plug into God's mission, it expands your vision for life. And you're not so... so see, the world tends to get very focused on their, what they need. And, and, and making things convenient and, and, and being comfortable. But that's not us. We're warriors of Christ. We're not living this life to, to, to get what we need, to be comfortable, to, you know, to have a white picket fence. We're taking over the world. This is an alien invasion. And we want, we want all five million, we want them. We want to take them to our leader. So inherently, you start to think big when you plug into God's business. We're not a little one-town one church, and I'm not putting that down, but, but Highway Church is not a one-town church. We're a church of the impossible. We have a very large scope. How large is it? John 3.16. We just started a little over a year old. But what, what, why, why couldn't there be a Highway London in our future? Highway Church London. Why couldn't there be a highway church Moscow, a highway church Tokyo? I don't want to limit God. 
hey, we're starting right here in East Taunton. But what, what is it that God wants to do? How far does he want to take this? Well, John 3.16 is a pretty big scope. Yeah. Eden, can you bring up 2 Corinthians chapter 6? So I'm going to encourage you because I'm about to share something with you that I believe God's going to do in the next uh, months ahead before 2015 is over. I want to encourage you to start thinking big. It's nothing to drive an hour to church. Go back to that map, B. You can reach a lot of that area in an hour. Nothing. See, I came from the Midwest. And when you got in the, ve in the vehicle, you planned on driving at least 45 minutes to get anywhere. It's all a matter of perspective. It's all a matter of your scope. Well, as Christ's disciples, we've got, a, we've got a scope that covers the globe. So we're not little, oh, I'm going to drive down the road, and oh, that's far, you know. We got to Rhode Island. We lived in uh, Newport, and we drove out to Portsmouth to go to church, and they, they were shocked. You drove five miles, you know. We think differently. We're aliens, right? We'll drive to Russia if we have to. We need a special vehicle for that one, right? <laughs> so this is good. Okay, back to 2 Corinthians 6. Are you ready? I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide open, spacious life, to wrap your heart around the scope of God's mission. Verse 12, we didn't fence you in. This smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. I'm speaking as plainly as I can and with great affection. Who told you that driving 45 minutes was a long way? <laughs> Open up your lives. See things as God sees them. This is not your home. He has a mission and a purpose for your life. Live openly. Live expensively. So I want to caution you, as an alien, you've got to watch out for the disease of small thinking. It kills aliens. See, in Acts chapter 1, Jesus he had already talked to his disciples and given them the Great Commission, and he's getting ready to send. He says, the Holy Spirit's coming. And they say, is it time? That, are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel? And he says, that's not for you to know. Holy Spirit's coming. Be my witnesses all over the world. Stop being so focused on what you're going to get and when the end is going to come. And be full of the Holy Spirit and reach the uttermost parts of the earth with the goodness of God. It's not about the American dream. It's about God's dream. Right? It's about fulfilling the dream of God. That's why we're here. We're fulfilling the dream of God. In Mark chapter 16, verse 15, look what Jesus said. And he said to them, go into all the world. Boy, we've got to think big. And preach the good news to every creature. So we're aliens preaching to creatures so creatures can become aliens. That's right? right? <laughs> preach to every creature. 
All right, one more scripture, and then we're gonna then we're gonna share with you what I wanted to share with you. Hallelujah. So this disease of small thinking, I want you to know it's caused by certain things. It's caused by ignorance of God's mission. It's caused by insecurity. It's caused by selfishness. It's caused by fear. So be on the watch for those things, right? We don't want it to hinder the great mission that God has for planet Earth. Don't hide from the world. It's not about us in our little group, you know? What if, the, what if the disciples would have thought that way? There was only 120 of them in the upper room. What if they said, you know, that'd be just nice if we could just stay like this. You know, we could all visit each other, and you can make some pasta, you can make some bread, and, you know? No! When Jesus said the Holy Spirit's coming, in 10 days the Holy Spirit was about to deposit himself in them, and they were about to go from 120 to 3,000. Amen at Highway Church. In just 10 days. What a change that would have been for them, right? What if they would have rejected that? You and I would not be here. See, when you start to keep, when you think small, let you stay in our little group, what are you doing? You're shutting the doors to what God wants to do in the world. I'm so glad his disciples didn't do that, and we're not going to either. Isaiah 54, verse 2, last scripture. Clear lots of ground (laughs) for your tents. Make your tents large. Spread out. Think big. Use plenty of rope. Drive the tent pegs deep. You're going to need lots of elbow room for your growing family. You're going to take over whole nations. We've been thinking way too small. You're going to resettle abandoned cities. Did you hear that, Taunton? New Bedford, Fall River, Swansea, Rehoboth, Framingham, Bridgewater, Brockton, Abington, and every other place on our map. You will resettle these cities. Don't be afraid. You're not going to be embarrassed. Don't hold back. You're not going to come up short. You'll forget forget all about the humiliations of your youth and the indignities of being a widow will fade from memory. Verse 5, for your maker is your bridegroom. His name, God of the angel armies. Your redeemer is the holy of Israel, known as God of the whole earth. Dennis, can we get ready to hand those postcards out? So what is this all about? Well, we have something we want to share with you. We're going to speak together as a church. Gone through a lot of things in the last 20 years being in New England. I've seen some pretty crazy things that really should never go on in church. We, my wife and I have just been shocked, some of the things we've seen. And, 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 but we were committed to follow through with God's plan and purpose. And we're committed to His grace and, and to, to who He is showing up in our lives and the lives of others. And I, as we sought the Lord years ago about, the, as we're going through the different things, and there's so many times we just felt like going back to someplace we were familiar with or, or leaving. And, and boy, every time, God, I forgot to tell you that, Isaiah 54, since 1996, every time a change was about to take place in my life, he would lead me to that scripture. 
that I did the last scripture we just read every single time. And he's done it again. And I believe that in the next six months of this year, there's some supernatural growth going to take place here at Highway Church. So I want you to prepare your hearts, and I want you to start to think big. I have no desire to build, to build a big anything for my sake. I, I, I have no desire to be a pastor, to be in ministry. I'd be happy with my guitar, my wife, my kids, and my dog. And sipping lemonade every day, right? I, 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 but, I, but in reality, I, I wouldn't be happy. I, I need to do what God's deposited yes, inside of me. Yes, yes. And it's big. I'm not trying to be anything. I just want to be who he's made me to be. And it's big what he's put in you. So oftentimes what people can do is they can get hung up on methods. There are many methods in in, in organizations and how to accomplish things. But methods are not sacred. God's word is. Mm -hmm. Principles are. So the key thing at Highway Church, we want to be led by his spirit. There are different seasons of life. God may lead us to do something in a particular way, but we're not going to put cement over that and make a statue out of it. We're just going to listen to what he says. And right now, I believe he wants us to do this. And you know, God's grace is there. If I miss it, I miss it. But his grace is there. The abundance of his grace we've received. The gift of his righteousness. Right? So there's no fear in following him. He's got us covered. But I know that if I don't do this today, I'm going to burst. So I believe that the Lord is going to add to us by December 25th, 250 people. That we will be in worship on Sunday mornings, 250 people. How's he going to do it? I don't know. I want to let him show us. But there are 296 seats in here. And they're talking about renovations. And if they do those renovations, these seats are going to be cut down like 60%, I think. So I don't know how that's all going to work out. But I believe that we need to do this. So let's do it. 250 people in worship right here by December 25th. Amen. 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 That, might not, that might seem like a lot or a little, depending on what you're looking at. But here, so anyway, we put together this postcard. You can put it on your refrigerator. But as you're praying, I want you to speak it forward. One heart, one mind, one voice. We've got a lot of people to reach. And I believe the next six months, we're going to see some of those people come in. So 250 by 1225, you can read it off your card, uh, and we'll put it up on the screens for you well. But we're going to speak this forward in faith. All right? Are you ready? Let's join our faith together. Father, we thank you that we are a vibrant, growing church where people are experiencing you and moving forward in your destiny for their lives. Now, that's our, that's our vision statement for Highway Church right there. A vibrant, growing church where people are experiencing God and moving forward in His destiny for their lives. All right? Now, sentence two and the following sentences come from Acts chapter 4 and Isaiah uh, 43. And the little scriptures are on there. You can see that. All right? Let's speak the next sentence. Father, we thank you for boldness to speak your word as you stretch forth your hand to heal and that signs and wonders take place in the name of your holy child, Jesus. We thank you for it here, Lord. Thank you for your presence manifest every time we gather. Thank you for saving and healing, setting free and delivering everyone who comes through these doors. Next paragraph. 
We thank you for 250 people in worship by December 25th. We call them forward from the east and from the west. We say to the north, give them up. And to the south, keep not back. Bring God's sons and daughters from afar in Jesus' name. Let's say that again. We thank you for 250 people in worship. By December 25th, we call them forward from the east and from the west. We say to the north, give them up. And to the south, keep not back. Bring God's sons and daughters from afar in Jesus' name. Come in the name of Jesus. Be set free. Be made whole. Be delivered in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good He is.